Welcome to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Silito. This podcast is a result of my purpose to help ambitious business owners like you avoid stress, overwhelm, and burnout in the workplace. In this podcast, I share everything I've learned about how to grow a profitable business, stay fit and healthy, maintain strong relationships, and develop the right mindset for success. So you can thrive, feel inspired, and work at your full potential. So today, I am going to talk about... Is a grown-up mindset holding you back? One thing I learned when it comes to growing and scaling a business is to make sure that you can grow up as a business, but without growing old. It amazes me how many businesses, they start to scale, they start to grow, and then they start bringing in all these corporate values, and it goes up on the wall, and things start to get a bit stale. So I want to talk to you today about making sure that we hold on to that youthful mindset, to open our minds up to our full potential. When we lean into our authentic self and and be more playful, be more youthful and get our youth back, we can open up so much more in the way of opportunities. We see so much more. We become more sociable. We we create that, that law of attraction that is often talked about when we really lean into our youth. So if you are picking up the replay on LinkedIn, uh, let me know. Or if you're watching this live, give me a like, let me know. And if you want to pick up any of the replays that I do, then you can also follow this on iTunes and you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel where you will find the content there as well. So let's talk about leaning to the youth. Now, a workaholic mentality is often born out of trauma, some kind of traumatic event that can happen in our in our youth when we're young. It just can put us into this kind of serious mindset. We start to see the world quite threatening. Uh, we might become more risk adverse. We might be less risk adverse. There's certain things that could change the way we think based on trauma, or even just a dysfunctional environment that we create that we live in. Living in a, a dysfunctional family. What? Who doesn't? I mean, I don't know. But you can tell me if you're one of those unicorn families that isn't as dysfunctional as most. Let me know. Let me know what the recipe is. But that that idea of something happening in our life, which just changes the trajectory of the way we think, the way we feel, the way we approach life, the way we perceive danger, the way we uh, perceive the stimuli in the environment and how we respond to it. And I've talked of this about this a lot in that life is very much about 10% what happens and 90% how we respond to it. Do we live in a victim mentality? Do we become workaholics and hyperachievers because that's our way of coping with stress, even though it's at a real unconscious level? And by the way, you might not even make the connection. I didn't make the connection for years, for like nearly 25 years, that my father died two months before my 17th birthday. I was 16. He was 48. And immediately from that moment, I felt like I had to be responsible. I had to be this, this man. I was the, the younger brother, my two sisters, my two brothers, but my, my being there and trying to be this strong version of myself. Boys don't cry. All that stuff was going through my mind. This is what my dad would want. And I think at an unconscious level, it just put me on this different trajectory. I got really serious. In some ways it worked because I got really serious about my hockey. I was like all in on the hockey. So there were some benefits in my career but then that became a problem for me because I became to I, I became dependent on the hockey and the feeling it brought and that release and the fact that it 
it hid the, the grieving. It stopped me from the grieving. I went all in on work and, and trying to be an entrepreneur and growing a business and, and rather than living my life as best I could. So even when I did travel, I was really serious about it. And I looked around and I couldn't understand why other people weren't taking hockey as seriously or taking their careers as seriously. And this is how I was thinking at, at 19, 20, 21, when I really could have just been living my life and just really enjoying it. And don't get me wrong, I had some great times in my early 20s. And, but it, it didn't always feel comfortable. I didn't always feel like I could relax. In fact, people would always comment. My friends call me smiley. And it was kind of, there was an irony in a way because it was like, just relax, just enjoy. And it made me really take life too seriously. And it wasn't until much, much later when I started to connect the dots and I was looking at some pictures of me and I kind of was sat there with a kind of looking like a solemn face. And I just started to think, no, I've got, I've got to change this up. This is not how I want to be. I want to be fun. I want to be nice to be around and energetic. And I want to bring that to my work and I want to bring that to my family. And I want people to enjoy being around me. I was a safe pair of hands in some ways, particularly as like as a leader and as a head coach, because I... I was always trying to make things really organized, but I also stifled my creativity in some ways, that openness. And that's what can lead to overwhelm. That's what can lead to burnout when we're just taking life too seriously. So my challenge for you today is to start thinking about how you can lean into that youth, to start changing up some of that grown-up behavior, that grown-up mindset and replace it with some playtime. What does play look like? If you were to have a metric every day around play, see, I did it again. Why would you have a metric? doesn't make sense. Some sort of KPI around play. But anyway, just to bring it so it's some sort of gamification that you can just remind yourself that, hey, did I play today? Did I really put myself out there? Was Did I lose myself in the moment with my kids and act silly? Did you act silly with your team and just bring some humor and some fun and not worry about deadlines and projects and and pipelines and all these sort of things that of course are important but we just got to bring that that play into it and that energy and then we're fun to be around it's a fun relationship we create but we create an even better relationship with ourselves when we lean into that that real authenticity authenticity okay i hope that i hope you found that useful so what i'm going to do now is i'm going to share some questions i've got some great questions Always finish up the show with some questions from our listeners. And I'll just bring this up. So we've got a few questions coming in. This one always comes up quite a lot. But Matthew Robertson is asking, maybe what are the early signs of burnout? How to spot it in yourself or teams? So we haven't talked about that so much. Burnout in teams. I've worked, I've led people who are perfectionists. And it's really challenging. So the first thing is, I, I talk about this nearly every day. What are signs of burnout? Overeating, undereating, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, absolutely alert, ready to go, thinking about the hundred things you've got to do, not wanting to get up in the morning because you just don't feel like you've got, you feel lethargic. And one thing, topic we haven't talked about, but we talked about food and overeating, undereating, etc. But what you eat as well, what you eat makes a huge difference to how your energy is sustained throughout the day over a long period of time, how it changes the gut and the brain chemistry. All these things make a difference when it comes to eating food. So really important. Diet is incredibly important. But in your teams, it's, it's, kind of, it's a real challenge to manage someone who is incredibly conscientious, 
who will do whatever it takes, always aiming for perfection. And I, I have managed people like that. And some of the telltale signs are allergies, n- noticing they've, they, they're poorly a lot, but they still turn up to work, but, but they've got a cold, they look run down. These are really good signs that, that someone is overworking, but it's really challenging to stop them from doing it. They're kind of on their own journey in some ways. And as a leader, you just have to ask yourself, is it you that is, is just pushing them too far, giving them too much work? Or is it a behavior and mindset that they have to deal with and own because, because of their high level of conscientiousness and perfection? In some cases, some people get overwhelmed and start to experience burnout because of confusion, chaos. If you're a leader that just is a bit too chaotic, you're not setting clear boundaries, contracting with your team, agreeing what the, the behaviors are, what the objectives are, and people aren't really sure what's going on and it's chopping and changing, some people might find that very difficult. So again, you've got to hold the mirror up to yourself and ask yourself, what is it you're doing or not doing that could be creating that environment? So another question. So thank you, Matthew Robertson, for that question. Another question from, from Keaton. Thanks for connecting. He says, not my, it's not his personal question, he says, but it will be good for people to know. How does one know that they're on the verge of burnout and what should they do? I think I've kind of covered that one off, but what should they do about it? Well, just simplify life. Start to strip it back. And the best way to do that is to get a coach, a friend, a mentor, and someone who can ask big questions. But when we feel like we've got a thousand things to do, often when we strip it all back, there are one or two things that we need to focus on. And I gave the example yesterday of the plumber, the miner, the laborer. Very simple, focused work. And why don't they get burnt out? And I think it's because the objective is very clear and we have to bring that into our lives. Get very clear. Don't make it too complex. Strip strip it all back and just say, right, what are the two or three things? I love the power of three. If you're starting to feel overwhelmed, burnout, just choose three things every day that you can complete. A smart, realistic target. Check out my blog on set realistic targets. They've got to be stretched, but we know that we've got the capability and the competency to to achieve it. So thank you, Keaton, for that question. Arsan Iqbal sent me a question, an insight. He says, one thing which has greatly helped him over the past year has been taking time out to explore the great outdoors. Spending more time with family, doing things, not only helps with mental health, uh, it also lets lets him switch off from the day-to-day work issues. Absolutely. It's one of our kind of in our 10 daily habits that I implement. If you, if you want the 10 daily habits, DM me and I'll send you the PDF. We've got these 10, 10 things we, we aim to achieve every single day. And one of them is 30 minutes of exercise. And you can combine all this with breath work, etc. But getting outdoors into nature is hugely powerful to switch off. It's what we are hardwired to do. It's in our DNA to get outside and not be in these office blocks with fake lighting or in your home with fake lights, just get out to natural light, reconnect, makes a huge difference. And then, so thank you, Asan Bell, for that question, uh, that insight. I really appreciate that. Amy Taylor, she's saying the advice she would give is to trust the team has put in place and to take a break. So I love that. I think what we're talking about here is delegation, building a team around you, and trusting them, not meddling, not getting too involved, but being able to, I talk about this in Manage the Mist, the book, my book, my first book, Make Yourself Redundant. That doesn't go down too well in the corporate world, but as a business owner, as you're scaling, 
You've got to make sure that you are doing your very best to make yourself redundant and build your team and trust them. So I love that tip from, from Amy. She says, build it into the schedule to regularly disconnect, even if it's just for one hour. Take a walk again, bring in, get some fresh air. We start to think more clearly, have better ideas and come back to work more productive. So love that. And these are basics, right? We, we know this. Intellectually, we get it. It all makes sense. But emotionally, we just get lost in the work and we don't do it. So it's for me, diarize this stuff. Put it in the diary. Put it in going for a walk. As a business owner, you're trying to get, think about it more strategically about your business. You've got to build that time in to slow down, to speed up. I talk about that in Manage the Mist too. Okay, so that's it. I'm just going to go to LinkedIn and see what's going on there and what's coming through. So let's have a look. Leaning into youth and authentically to create better relationships. Got a thumbs up for that one. On Facebook, someone just saying, hope all is well. All is well, thank you. And then we've got another one. Someone saying, it takes me back to my CEO at RSA while I was a CIO. He assigned me to a coaching program and I went, what does a CIO have to to do with coaching? And he's going on there to share the, kind of the insight. So, and the CEO said, if we do the transformation in our usual aggressive style, we may lose a number of good leaders. This is really powerful stuff. So, and we don't want to lose our experienced leaders. We need a coach to take them on the journey, I think on the journey, on the transformation journey with us. The program on performance coaching absolutely changed my leadership style. This is what somebody is saying on LinkedIn. This was 2006 and leveraging coaching as a leadership intervention produced amazing results without losing experienced leaders. So what I'm taking from that is that if you are a business owner, if you are a senior business leader, that you should be really focusing on your coaching skills. If you are looking to take your business and scale it and take them on a journey with you, as fluffy as that sounds, you've got a vision. Coaching skills are key. If you're going to be that kind of directive supervisor type mindset and not the facilitator, like I talk about in, in last yesterday's podcast, you are going to lose people on that journey. So that is a, a key skill. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to assume that was Krishna that uh, shared that, but it comes up as a LinkedIn user. Hope that was useful. I hope you had a wonderful week. Let me know in the comments your scores in your business, your body, your relationships, your mindset. How are you scoring out of five in each one? Maximum of 20 points. I'd like to hear from you how you are doing in your business, body, relationships and mindsets. Take care for now. Stay well. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. For more free resources and content on how to grow and lead your business and become the best version of yourself, head over to andrewsillito.com.